Caution. The contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. And welcome to episode 54, or surprise, part 3 of Mozart. In our last episode, we brought you a tale of one of history's most well-known composers, and then we showed you his music. In this episode, we're not doing that. (laughs) Rather, we're bringing you the story of someone who may or may not have been a composer and didn't actually grow up to be a musician. That's right. We're talking about none other than Mozart's older sister, Maria Anna, nicknamed Nannerl. Maria Anna Mozart was born in 1751, making her four years older than her famous little brother. When she was seven, making little Wolfgang Amadeus three, Leopold Mozart, father of both, began teaching her piano. Apparently, the infant Wolfgang adored his older sister and took a great interest in the wonderful sounds that she was making on the keyboard, and thus began his prodigious musical career. We'll take a brief break here to let you listen to some of the first works that Nannerl would practice on the keyboard. Here we have a lovely minuet and trio in G from a collection titled Nannerl's Music Book, and it was written by none other than the five-year-old Mozart. That is adorable. (laughs) So the pieces in this book, composed jointly by both Wolfgang and Leopold, were meant as etudes for Nannerl to practice and learn from. And while it's not the most complex piece, it's also not completely basic for either the young performer or the young composer. The baby Wolfgang Mozart had an incredible grasp of music theory. He includes characteristic non-chord tones, like here where we have a suspension, meaning a non-chord tone is unresolved right away as a new chord plays. This use of non-chord tones might seem scary to many young people who are just learning what chords are. This little piece is also good for a young but proficient pianist. There are quite a few large leaps that would encourage the development of speedy and accurate fingers, and also faster triplet or 16th note runs that would help train for coordination and smoothness of the fingers. So overall, little compositions like this by Mozart for Nannerl were really beneficial for both siblings' musical growth. Now you'll recall from our discussions about the Mendelssohns that for a very long time women were not allowed to be public performers, however as children it was seen as more acceptable. So being from an even earlier time than Fanny Mendelssohn, Nannerl Mozart too was bound by these social laws. However, as a child, her father ensured that she got every opportunity to perform. She was brought along as part of her little brother's grand European tour, and thus they were both heralded as young protégés in every country they visited. Apparently, in a letter Leopold wrote during the tour, he said, quote, What it all amounts to is this, that my little girl, although she is only 12 years old, is one of the most skillful players in Europe. Such high praise and such an opportunity for a young performer. Unfortunately, society was fickle. Though they so loved Nannerl's playing, they also loved tradition, and tradition dictated that the brilliant Nannerl was no longer fit to perform once she turned 18. Thus ended her touring, 
although her little brother still got to parade about the countryside, gaining fame and actually having a career. And this seems like an untimely demise for Nanerl's musical life. She didn't marry for another 15 years. And could have been performing that whole time. There is evidence, however, that during this time, she didn't completely give up music. She was still free to play the keyboard in private for her own pleasure or for very small, intimate affairs and soirees. There is also a letter from Mozart himself while he was off gallivanting in Europe that reads, I am in awe that you can compose so well. In a word, the song you wrote is beautiful. So, the young, flippant Mozart was impressed. Nanerl's skills in music were obviously not diminished during her retirement from performance. However, we unfortunately now can never know the beauty of this song of Nanerl's, or anything else that she might have written for that matter, as none of her compositions have ever been discovered. We mentioned that Nanerl didn't marry for many years after she stopped performing. This was apparently not of her choosing, but rather of her father's. Apparently, he did not approve of many of the men that courted her until 1784, when he agreed to her marrying a magistrate, Johann Baptist Franz von Berchtold zu Sonnenberg. And apparently, in the intervening time before marrying, Nanerl suffered with bouts of depression, much like her younger brother did during points in his life. For a time, Mozart was still the adoring younger brother. As he had since childhood, he would often ask for Nanerl's opinions on aspects of his compositions. However, as Mozart grew his career and Nanerl grew her family, they eventually lost touch. Interestingly, Leopold Mozart voluntarily raised Nanerl's firstborn child himself, because she was actually kind of busy as her husband had children from a previous marriage. Perhaps Leopold hoped to create a musical dynasty that spanned the generations, or perhaps he was just lonely with both of his children now grown and off living their own lives. When Leopold died in 1787, Nanerl and Wolfgang did reconnect, but it wasn't with the same siblingly love as before, more of a business-like tone as they settled things after their father's death. Nanerl did outlive her brother, though. When she heard he had died, she fell into depression once again, perhaps wishing they had been closer in the end. She pulled herself together, though, and in the end she did leave a mark on the musical world. Like Mozart's widow Constance, Nanerl sought to preserve her brother's music and see that he received the proper credit. Without her efforts, much of Mozart's music we have today could have been lost or miscredited. Nanerl Mozart died in 1829 at the age of 78, firmly in the Romantic period. Perhaps if she had been allowed to do her mu more music-making and composing, Fanny Mendelssohn, who was married in this same year, may have been allowed to perform publicly as well. If Mozart had lived to this same age, we can only imagine what his compositions would have been like. He could have transitioned mightily into the Romantic era, or maybe he would fall to the wayside and become redundant, like Bach in the early Baroque to early Classical transition. We can never know. Or can we? No, we can't. Aww. So thank you for listening to this final episode of our Mozart trilogy here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, concluding with this brief look into Nanerl Mozart's almost very musical life. We hope that you have enjoyed this trilogy, and if there are any more musical siblings or musical families that you think we should do a profile on, let us know, and maybe we can see if we can do a series on them as well. You can email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. So for the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening.
Mozart's Minuet and Trio in G Major K1 was performed by Mississippi College Piano Pedagogy. Rondo Alaturka from Piano Sonata No. 11 was performed by Eduardo. You can find The Coffee House on iTunes or Google Play. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and send us emails at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. Thank you.